Swordfish! Swordfish! Right, swordfish, swordfish. Piazza muscles in the room full of faccia dosi faccia. Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris Field. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Parker Clare. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And Alex Sennard. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Also featuring the talents of Bigfoot as your producer. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Big Bird and Stuffleupagus, and we watch Swordfish, uh, the password to our Discord. Parker, what can you tell me about Swordfish? What is wrong with this fucking face? (laughs) (laughs) The funniest opening shot to a movie I've ever seen. It's really good. We really do have to save that for when we talk about the movie. We've got a number of segments to get to, but... Oh, God. It's all I want to talk about for the rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs) That may be, like, the single greatest opening hook to a movie. (laughs) You know, (laughs) they say... As you hear out in the ether, you know, George Bush had no idea that 9-11 was coming. Well, you can tell that George Bush had never seen Swordfish. (laughs) (laughs) He was busy reading books to little kids instead of watching Swordfish. This is why content is important. Just fucking painting a target on our back more than any movie I've ever seen. (laughs) I think we said something similar about that with, like, The One, but this one's up there with The One. (laughs) This one-two punch, pun sort of intended, yeah. is absolutely what we deserved. <laughs> Maybe we need to watch more movies from 2001. Uh, I mean, I'm in yeah. at all times. We'll consider it. Okay. God, could you imagine if 9-11 just didn't happen and we had 20 more years of these movies? The, you know what? This Better is, world. This is what the terrorists took away from us, Alex. <laughs> We should be watching the Swordfish Cinematic Universe. <laughs> Instead of Spider-Man, we get this. I mean, it does end on a fucking sequel tease. Exactly. So. Man, it's not fair. And he's still alive. We could probably bring this back. You know, he's just been hiding uh, out. Clearly, he'll absolutely do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's been made quite a bit. Don't worry, I've seen Gotti. Okay, Parker, tell me, what is the news? It's so hard to wake up every day with everything going on in the world and find a reason to keep going. And now that Godzilla vs. Kong is even coming out this year, guys, if you have me in the death pool, get ready to cash out. <laughs> How the fuck am I supposed to hold on till next May? Oh. Honest, we're not even halfway through this fucking year. I don't even have that to look forward to. Oh, but Parker, this just means that they're taking their time to make it really good just for us. Just... Imagine which Wojak face I'm making. I need it so badly. <laughs> They're gonna. It's gonna spend 13 years in development hell like Bloodshot. I can't wait. I need it so badly. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it sounds like it's worth waiting for. I don't know if we're gonna be around by then. <laughs> you just say like, oh, it's coming out next May. Like this, this last two weeks has been like four years. Yeah. What makes you fucking think we're making it till May? Imagine thinking we're going to go by months by then. <laughs> Honest to God. It's... 
it's it's a it's a hard thing. It's a terrible thing to deal with. Right. Look, I'm sorry. You know, there's a lot of injustices in the world, but also I can't watch the monsters punch each other, and I feel like more people should take <laughs> notice of that. Where's my T-shirt? <laughs> sorry. It's fucking bullshit, man. It's all I have in this world. <laughs> I'm white and like sort of middle class. I'm doing fine. None of this affects me. Let me have my monsters punch each other. <laughs> okay. You can edit this however you wish, buddy. Oh, yeah, sure. I will definitely if you... edit this, too. Be... If you but... don't leave it in, I quit. <laughs> Whatever your heart desires. You've threatened that before. Uh, I know what I sound like. Uh, it's fine. Okay. Yeah, it you left it in, didn't you? Mouth. Yes, I did. Uh, Parker, do we have any other news? I mean, we're all going to be dead soon. It's the news. Oh. It's all getting worse every day. Okay, you're being redundant. You say that every single week. And... Correct. At right. least at least we're not going to be like the, those dudes in that China-India border skirmish that could not use guns and pushed each other off cliffs at 15,000 feet. Because, like, damn, 2020 is fucking on one. Why haven't we seen that movie yet? I'm just gonna go hang out with my new podcast with my friend Chris Delia. Oh. Hang out. What is this saying? Well, I guess we could get to Jerks of the Week, even though Parker took mine. Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You want me to? You want me to go first? You got some time to think? Yeah, buddy? I have to come up with a new one now. All right. So, you know, relatable content here. Everybody's got you know those like sort of like fringe friends that like show up you know something like three or four times a year or like you know they'll just only talk to you when they're like really drunk or really bored and then you forget they exist for four months well i had a i had a run-in with one of these people over the last weekend who was apparently at some extremely boring party and really drunk so he's just you know shooting the shit and drops the following line one thing I really like to do now that I live in San Francisco is go to McDonald's and spend like $5 on McMuffins and pretend I'm poor and give one to a homeless person. It's really satisfying. Uh, and I haven't been able to think about... I haven't been able to think about this fucking techie in his Goodwill clothes just walking up to homeless people like, Yo, you hungry, man? Hey, man, man it's sure, it's just more than me. <laughs> it it sure sucks how we're both poor. Oh. Hello, fellow poor guy. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I did a good deed today, Twitter. <laughs> I don't even think he's doing it for clout. I think he's just like... He thinks he's like a really good person. person. No, I, no, I literally think he's just doing it because it's like... He's like, I'm bored. What if I could talk to this hopeless guy by giving him a sandwich? Oh, wait. So this, get his perspective on things, you know? So this is kind of like American Psycho, but in reverse. <laughs> He's so cool. Yeah, I just like to do good <laughs> deeds in order to like cheer myself up. <laughs> I I did not sense a shred of altruism in this. I really? Think he's just an idiot. <laughs> it's cool that he just like felt that was thing like, yeah, I can share this publicly. This is a cool thing <laughs> to say out loud. Somebody was like, Man, I can't believe you're actually drunk enough to admit to that. And he's like, Fuck you, man, I would say this even if I was sober. <laughs> Which is really good. He's gonna it's get good elected to quadruple to down as hard as possible. <laughs> it has been all I've been able to think about for like seventy-two hours. Just like to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, this fucking dude in his stupid techie glasses wandering up to me. Hey man, you hungry? 
I'm gonna dress incognitus and slide in there. Hello, I am amongst you. <laughs> do Do you think like all the homeless people know him? It's just like, oh, here comes crazy <laughs> here comes Carl. This guy's a fucking here asshole. Comes but also, McMuffin guy. Those, those muffins. <laughs> McMuffin guy. We feel kind of bad for him. Yeah, sure. I'll take it. Have fun at Google. <laughs> yeah, it's muffin guy. Yeah, he just brings us muffins. And he just disappears for days. We don't know where he goes. <laughs> It's just like the Johnny Appleseed of egg yes. McMuffins. I, wait, the way that you described it to me is he he gets five dollars worth of McMuffins and he gives one away to the homeless. Correct. He eats the rest himself. <laughs> <laughs> he's not just giving away five dollars worth of McMuffins. He's going up to somebody with his bag of McMuffins and offering them one, <laughs> holding the full bag, reaching in there, pulling out one, and going, "There you are." <laughs> just walking off. <laughs> Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> he's just Newman from Jurassic Park. Sorry, I'd love to give you more, but you know what it's like. You never know when another hot meal's coming. I gotta eat these four. Uh-oh. Man, I just bought this. Uh, what a coincidence. You know, it's a real shame that you're homeless. Maybe that's why you ended up on the naughty list, passing you over for the next game. <laughs> if you'll excuse me, I have to go back to my job at Facebook and connect pedophiles to more children with flash games <laughs> I'm doing important work out there uh, it's wild that you need to use flash games to connect pedophiles and children when leftism exists uh, that's a good point Okay, uh, so I thought we were just leaving that conversation in the Skype <laughs> <laughs> okay well spe- <laughs> speaking of uh, pedophilia and leftism my jerk of the week is not Chris Delia because it was taken thanks for nothing Parker uh, instead I have to pivot uh, I'm going to pivot to da, 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 Aziz Ansari. So, uh, some, uh, <laughs> oh, no. a couple of friends of mine who I, I wrestled with in high school um, posted uh, about um, Christelia. Be like, I oh man, it's it's a real shame that Christelia got me too. And I'm like, yeah, it's a weird it's always the ones that you totally expect the entire time get me too and uh one of the ones this guy was really really good as a wrestler in high school his name was roger he said uh my my buddy joe says like yeah it's weird him and uh aziz ansari too and roger posed like what did aziz ansari do and i have to admit my first reaction was oh my sweet summer child but Roger doesn't really like to be called that, and he kind of beats you up if you call him that. So uh, I said, what did Aziz Ansari do? He was in Parks and Rec, and I just left the conversation at that. Smart. It was like, just throw the gauntlet down that, and leave. That's it's actually like probably worse than the real thing. Yeah, exactly. Honest, but... Yeah, so that's my jerk of the week. Uh, Parker, do you, do you have uh, one besides <laughs> the one that you stole from me? Please stop slandering, my friend. There's no evidence except for all of the screenshots of DMs. <laughs> all, all those girls, what if they're just, like, making it up for clout? And all these girls Man. are also buying McMuffins. And oh, I fucking hate clout-chasing start. People just really? want, hey, you were on Whitney. Hit me up. <laughs> Your favorite show. Shut the fuck up. Oh, man. That, that was, I was in college when that happened. It owns because I only know Christy. I looked at him and was like, oh, he was on an episode of Workaholics where he played a pedophile. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. I, I, I literally have no idea who he is. He's, like, I've never heard that name before he diddled kids. Okay, so. really? You haven't you haven't seen this guy? Sw- like, like, hand to God, dude, no idea. Man, I have no idea who this dude is. It's nice having, like, one member of the podcast who's perpetually offline. That it is what they be. say about me. Yeah, he's he's got hair that's, like, 
Parker, would uh, you that's say that's probably why? Parker, nah, nah. Parker, would you say? <laughs> oh shit, Parker, would you? <laughs> Parker, would you say he, his hair is like one point five John Travolta's? You know, what are you dealing with a scale? It's like when you describe someone just as like hair, gre- hair, right? Yeah. Not facial hair. Yeah, yeah. When you describe someone as like greasy, this is the face you expect. Wow, I can't believe this guy looks like he fucks kids. He fucks kids. <laughs> this dude. Damn, right. his disguise is foolproof. <laughs> if we show up dressed like bank robbers, they'll never suspect us of robbing that bank. And it's as it turns foolproof. out, the real twist is that he plays a pedophile on a current, like, I think it's a Netflix show. It's whatever it's called. I think it's Another just one? <laughs> oh, wait, I do know who this guy is. We saw him when we went to Comet Ping Pong. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was he there? Yeah, he asked for the usual. It's <laughs> <laughs> very uncomfortable. Such a curse energy in that building, dude. It's the worst. It it fucking sucks how like you know people just be like, man, I can't believe these dumbass Republicans believe all these conspiracy theories, and I just have to sit there like, well, actually, <laughs> looking around at the ping pong tables and the giant projector playing the Ninja Turtles, like, oh man, someone's gonna fuck a kid in here. <laughs> I don't see a basement, but you know, okay, okay, okay. This is getting a little alarming. I, I see a red dot on my forehead in the reflection of the camera here. So, Parker, do you have that jerk of the week or? We'll get to it later, don't worry. Oh, okay. I can't, I can't, I can't believe that Hillary found Chris so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> my good friend Seth Chris, folks. Oh, Man, boy. somebody's going to listen to the first ten minutes of this podcast and think I'm a deplorable. This sucks ass. Yeah, well, that's that's how I'm, I'm going to put you into We're going to talk about swordfish. We'll put you into the show notes <laughs> that way. <laughs> okay, uh, let's uh, talk about what we watched recently. Alex, you've talked about your favorite war movies, and uh, hang on, I think I can name all of them off the top of my head. I know you like The Thin Red Line, uh, I know you like 1917, I know you like Pass of Glory, and I know you like Dunkirk. Are those like your four favorites? And of course Pearl Harbor. <laughs> and of course Pearl Harbor. <laughs> uh, I don't know what just clunked that loudly, but I felt it. <laughs> that was my hand against the table. I felt just... it in my bones. <laughs> I aim to disappoint Christopher. <laughs> You're so good at it. Uh, well, I, oh, trust I think me, I know. For the longest time, I was like, boy, I really thought that he would have enjoyed 1930s uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, maybe the book is better than the movie. I don't know. I, it's that I have a I have a really really strong emotional attachment to the book. It's not that I don't oh, okay. like the movie. Uh, it's just go. that like. Yeah, I literally, I'm a dumbass who took that book on vacation to Puerto Rico with me. Oh, man. And just, like, sat on the beach crying for six hours. Oh. It was rough. Yeah, that's that's it not a beach book. Like, <laughs> correct. You're supposed to read Boy. books about finding your inner spirit. <laughs> anyway. Well, <laughs> it was, in it was one a way. strange vacation. Buddy. I did not watch that movie again. Uh, I've, but for the longest time, I kind of considered that, like, the first really good war movie. Uh, but there was one that came out more than 10 years before that's really good. Uh, it's it's a silent movie from 1919 called J'accuse. It's a French movie about World War One. It's actually really good. Uh, it's a little long, but uh, I do recommend it. So if you ever want to watch a movie called J'accuse, I don't want to give too much away about it. Uh, I liked it. It's by the same guy who did that really long adaptation of Napoleon's Life. And it's called, his name was Abel Gantz, and it's really, really good. 
Now, speaking of long, silent movies, you guys are not prepared for the energy I'm about to bring. You guys know... Oh my god, if you pivot to Jay and Silent Bob off the long, <laughs> silent movies line, I will literally die. No, no. <laughs> no. Uh, you guys know what it's like for me to be on my bullshit, so... <clears throat> let me crack some knuckles here. So, imagine god, you're me. He snoochie boochies, I'm fucking leaving. <laughs> no, I watched... <laughs> A five-hour German Jesus. black and white silent movie that's about sword and sorcery, and it's called Die Nibelungen, and it's presented in two parts. Bless you. Uh, <laughs> Damn it! Uh, there's the Siegfried and the Kriemhild's Revenge parts, and it's actually and the Roy part, and it's actually really Shut up. yeah yeah. It's actually I'm done. I'm sorry. Okay. It's actually really really good. I was, like, shocked. I was, like, it looks way too good for 1924. And, in fact, way too good for a sword and sorcery movie because most of those movies really suck. But this one was excellent. I have to admit, I was just watching the entire time. Like, I didn't know they could make movies this good in Germany. Like, I I, I just, I, I, I was uh, smiling the entire time like a big old dumbass. They have this giant dragon that he slays and he bathes it in its blood and it just looks so cool and there's like all this injury. this is what Game of Thrones should have been also silent uh, so I, I I just really really liked it I had a good time and I'm thinking wow two for two on silent movies what could possibly go wrong uh, yeah. <laughs> the next one I watched I was like well <laughs> German silent movies have been <laughs> so good to me what if I watch uh, this movie it's called uh, Berlin, Symphony of a Great City. Uh, and I have to admit, I didn't pick it because it was silent or German or even on a bunch of lists. I picked it because it was like an hour long. I was like, oh, it's supposed to be a classic. It's only an hour out of my time. Whatever. This movie is so fucking boring. It's just a mm -hmm. bunch of pictures of Berlin before the Allies bombed it. And it's like, oh, look at that building that no longer stands because the Allies bombed the shit out of it. Yeah, I don't care. They were Nazis. So they kind of deserved it. Balled up the Chris, the monuments. <laughs> the monuments. Alex, you should have Chris come gamble at your table because he will never quit while he's ahead. <laughs> Not once. Correct. Oh, wow, this movie's good. All oh, six hours. Hit me. <laughs> this, no, no, no. This one was one hour. This one was one hour. Yeah. How long did it feel? So the movie's more like a. <laughs> uh, I guess it's more like a travelogue. There were, this was not the first of its kind. The uh, basic idea here is, there's a movie you guys may have heard of, it's called Man with a Movie Camera, where literally a, a guy just takes a movie camera and just like shows pictures of what the outside looks like, and instead of being like, a, like one of those travel documents, like, come to Berlin, eat bratwurst, it's more like, this is Berlin, these are the people of Berlin. When the sun comes up, they go to work. When the sun goes down, they drink the day begins anew and that's about it except there aren't even any words because it's silent so uh hey berlin i don't miss you uh so yeah no plot no plot at all and i hate that i'm like oh geez that sucks i i need a better movie to really you know clear my mind here what's another classic i want a short one what, is what could possibly go wrong with a good short movie i watched the color of pomegranates Another one the of those. Fuck is that? No, not real. <laughs> Take your fucking Mad Lib gaming. My face. It's, a, it's another. It's another one of those communist movies where. Uh, That's something I would write down as a joke. Oh, Chris watched a bullshit <laughs> called The Color of Pomegranates. <laughs> Starring 
Audrey Hepburn and a bunch of dudes in hey, black. Wait a second, I like Audrey Hepburn and also black. Exactly. I'm listening, Parker. <laughs> so anyway, Sergey. It was directed by Sergey Parajanov, who <laughs> I think he's also the guy who invented Tetris, <laughs> and uh, he. And it's based on the life of Syat Nova, who was this Armenian poet, and. Uh, so he's uh, going to make this movie, and instead of just being like, this was the life of Syat Nova, he was young, then he grew old, and then he died, they're like, oh, we'll take some of his poems, and there's a lot of visual imagery in here, and uh, we'll sort of make those visual images from his poetry the frames of our movie, and people will get to see that and be like, that's the best way that we can make a visual representation of his poetry. So there is no plot. And we just look at people eating pomegranates, and there's, like, religious ceremonies, and people stepping on blueberries with bare feet. So, Parker, calm down. Mm-hmm. Calm down. <laughs> uh, what yeah. year did you say this came out? 1969. Uh, nice. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, the magic The stars number. are aligning. Yeah. So, uh, I didn't like it very much. Um, so... You don't say. Yeah. Why? I, I have to admit, uh, I panicked. I panicked here. Um, I I was like, I, this, that sucked. Two movies in a row that were that had no plot. Fuck it. I'm going to put on a movie that I know for sure has a plot. I don't know necessarily what happens. I have an idea of it, but I know it has a plot. I didn't look at the runtime. You you guys ever hear of Straw Dogs? Oh, buddy. Uh, <laughs> how, how was your afternoon and also evening? Uh, that that movie kind of fucked me up. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. Yeah. Okay, first of all, let me just stop you right there. Because I do not believe for a second that you did not look at the runtime of a movie. I, I guarantee I didn't look at the runtime. I actually don't know the runtime off the top of my head. Let me, how long is Straw Dogs? Oh, that's under two hours. Okay, so, Alex, are you familiar with Straw Dogs? Very vaguely. Oh, so. don't watch it. Okay, I actually, <laughs> even though I did end up enjoying it, so... My my only familiarity my only familiarity with Straw Dogs is when I was working with Josh at the movie theater. We had this big standee for a remake of Straw Dogs, and I I saw the title. I was like, who would want to remake a movie with that name? But it just kind of stuck in the back of my head for a while. I was like, Straw Dogs, Straw Dogs. Where have I heard of Straw Dogs before? And then I saw it was by a director that I really like, Sam Peckinpah. I'm like, oh hey, this would be really good. You know, after the Hayes Code sort of dissolved in the late '60s, he he started making movies that are a lot more extreme with the violence and everything. And I was like, okay, he's pushing the envelope. I, I saw that it was on one of the lists, one of the most controversial movies ever made. Okay. Let's see it. Um, the main thing about straw dogs is it, it kind of ponders about what is masculinity. It's one of the main questions that we as men tend to avoid. In fact, I would say that what does it mean to be a man is the second most avoided question of being a man. The first most avoided one is, am I gay? So straw dogs, yes. <laughs> straw, straw dogs, vibrantly <laughs> speaking of vibrant, uh, Dustin Hoffman is the lead actor in this. Uh, everyone else is British. No, no one dresses up as a lady. Um, basically, Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman is a mathematician, and he takes his hot young teenage British wife to a farm in Britain, and he's going to go there for sabbatical. He's just going to study and write about math the whole time, and just be on the farmland and be away from it all, and just really have time to concentrate. 
Things are complicated. His wife really wants him to fuck her. And he's just like, no, no math. Oh, every once in a while, but first the math, then the dick. And she's like, ugh, I just want dick. Hell yeah, King. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's got to focus. Uh, I have to admit, one of my favorite <laughs> scenes in the movie, he's got like this big, like, he's got a blackboard with all these math equations on it. And she's just kind of sullen. And she walks up to it and she erases one of the uh, plus signs and writes in a, a minus sign over there. And he sees it uh, afterwards. He's just like, the fuck does she think I'm doing here? Was this a fucking game? And he puts a, a plus sign there. It's like, it's nice to know that people talked in 1971 the way that we talk now. Because uh, he says, She's picking up my controller. The fuck is it? <laughs> Who inverted it? What is this? <laughs> Sensitivity's all off. Uh, it's all off. It's good we're getting our Probably laughs. we play it on the fucking moon. It's good, <laughs> it's good we're getting our laughs in now. Luckily, it doesn't uh, in the same way Strong uh, Strong's is a movie I've been like, oh, I should watch this. And I read and it was like, no, I'm good. Uh, actually, Parker, it's on Save the list. That for a rainy so. day. <laughs> I know it is, but there's a thousand other movies. Yeah, that don't that's the thing. Is go like, that direction. So, so that's a little bit of pressure on him. Be a man. Fuck me, right? So there are these other like British townspeople who I are like, that. he hires to like help fix the garage, which he doesn't even need because he's not even over there. And they're like leering at his wife, and he's just like, oh, I. I sure hope they stop. He's like kind of nerdy and nebbish, you know, and sort of thing. He's not really standing up to them. And then one night he's just like, okay, fine. I guess I'll put the spurs to my wife. And he opens up the closet to like take off his shirt, put it in there. And he sees his cat hanging from a noose. And it is seriously a really jarring tonal shift. You're like, whoa, what the fuck? So Parker, not for the little lady. Um, oh no! I mean, there's also the, other yeah, the which I will get to. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm going a little bit longer here I'm than sure I. Sure, you will. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think you know. Yeah, and uh, anyway, he's just and she's like, okay, we know who did it. It's one of these two guys. Please confront them and tell them like, hey, what the fuck? Because it's it's not just like, oh, we we killed your cat and hung it from a noose in your closet. It's a way to show them, hey, we can get inside your house in your bedroom whenever we want. You know, so he confronts him and doesn't have the spine to tell them anything about the cat. In fact, it's so bad that they're like, hey, you ever been out shooting? And he's just like, oh, no. And they're like, you should come with us. He's like, oh, OK. So like he just goes along with them shooting. And they're like, oh, we'll scare the ducks towards you when the when they pop up, you know, use your light gun, shoot them anyway. So he's like, oh, OK. And he just waits there and they just ditch him and they go to the house and uh it's a double rape scene on the wife. Uh, oh, yeah. nice. In fa- Thanks. <clears throat> Thanks, Sam. Now, here's the thing. Uh, having a rape scene in a movie isn't enough to get you on the most controversial movies list. What, one of the rapes is it turns into uh, the, the woman sort of enjoys it. And the controversy here is, is that something that was necessary for the movie? And having watched it, fucking no. What the... Why is this here? It is such an, an unbelievable escalation, okay? It really should not have been in the movie at all. So this is actually based on a book called The Siege of Trencher's Farm. Uh, that rape, I'm pretty sure it doesn't actually happen in the movie, uh, in the book. And he just puts it in the movie because it's like, oh, that'll make it another thing he has to contend with. Except he never contends with it because the wife never reveals this to him. Uh, so anyway, so she feels... Not great about getting raped twice. And uh, she's like, please just fire these people. Just get rid of them. And he, he does. And he does it in the nerdiest way possible. He still pays them for their work. 
he's literally paying these people to do things with his wife. Anyway, they go out to a church, and there's it's like one of those British churches, one of those like socials, and. I make a long story short, uh, some details I don't need to reveal. One of the guys leaves, and he accidentally hits the guy with his car. Is like, oh no, I almost killed this guy. Brings him back to his farmhouse, and uh, the townspeople are looking for him. Like, we need this guy. He took our girl or something. And uh, turns out he actually killed the girl, but Dustin Hoffman doesn't know. And Dustin Hoffman is pushed to the edge. And he's like, no, I will defend my home. And it... The lighting is really what makes this work. It turns out, yeah, Sam Peckinpah may have been fucked up, but he was a really good director. He will defend his home. And uh, he kills all the people who are trying to get into his house. This is the siege of Trencher's Farm, and he defends it. And, Parker, you say you don't really want to watch this. This has one of the best kills I have ever seen in a movie. Oh, well, in that case, yeah, you, it's. I really hate that I know myself, you, and that's just going to be in the back of my head, like, you know. That's Parker. I would not lead you. Yeah, I would. But yeah, this actually <laughs> got yeah. a couple of Garfield movies that say otherwise. <laughs> Fuck things. <laughs> not one, but two kids. Uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, Straw Dogs also has one of the best improvised lines at the end that I've ever heard. I, I actually think this is a genuinely very good movie. Uh. As far as the controversy goes, yes, I am still against rape. Thank you for saying I that. Will not, I, I, I will not watch the remake. So the next one, okay, lighter side here. This was actually really funny. So how much do you guys know about the Oscar category for best documentary? I mean, I don't ever watch. Why did I ask you? Okay, so. Honestly. Because <laughs> you look at the ones nominated, it's like. What the fuck is this shit? Oh, what the fuck? Banksy? What, who the hell is... Okay. Who gives a fuck? How many people died? Oh, and in this but he one. does the funny pictures, you guys. Yeah. That'll be $20,000, please. <laughs> okay. Well, back in the, in the way beyond, back in the 60s, certain rules were not enforced. Necessarily that your documentary had to be real. Uh, <laughs> this is... There was a movie, uh, a British movie, that barely qualified for feature length. It's 45 minutes, which is all it takes to get you over the bar. Uh, It's called The War Game, 1966, black and white, and it's completely fictional. It it, it lets you know that this is a fictional thing. This is like, it's a what if. What if Britain was nuked? And uh, it is like, oh, there would be this nuclear fallout and, like, the radiation and, like, uh, the fiery blast and everything you have to take shelter and all this other stuff here's what would happen if and uh it's really gruesome really graphic wow uh, nuclear bombs are bad all this stuff and it's all fake none of this is real and it won the academy award for best documentary feature that's real king shit i appreciate that how come mockumentaries aren't up for best documentary <laughs> It's a real oversight. Yeah, we could we could have had fucking Surfs Up be nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> I I would be very happy with Oscar nominee. This is Spinal Tap. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, only three more to get to. Promise. Uh, well, technically, we'll make it three and a half. Uh, you guys remember the the anime movie Your Name, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, the studio came out with another movie recently. It's called Weathering with You, 
And uh, I watched it with a friend of mine who's Japanese, which I highly recommend because she was able to point out certain things in Japanese culture that American audiences may not understand. For example, at one point they're trying to stop the rain, right? And uh, we've heard about rain dances, stuff like that. Uh, culture is not a costume, etc. cetera. Uh, but in this one, a girl has to pray to stop the rain and she and her friends will eat hard candy because the word for hard candy and rain is a homonym. And it's it's like a thing there and I'm like I did not know that and it's really nice to hear that I think Weathering With You is a very very well done movie uh, it's a really great romance uh, the artwork is just beautiful just simply gorgeous to behold but your name is just a lot better I, it's I, it's a better concept it's, it's better executed it's better written have either of you seen Weathering With You yet? it has been staring at me for a month now and every time I think about watching it, I'm like, I don't want to read for two hours. I know that feeling. I, feel yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. I feel it. Look yeah. at me. But I, I'd say... No, it's, I plan to get to it. Regardless. I have to admit, so. I, I've been talking a lot. Uh, I talked recently with Joel. Uh, we were PMing on Discord, and we were talking about how nice Japan is. And uh, he says apparently mm. his uh, fiance, yeah, right, uh, would like Sorry, to what? yeah would like to go to uh, Japan and uh, I guess like the Disney World in Japan or something like that. Uh, <laughs> of course, but uh, I, I got <laughs> the Japanese world premiere of the Cursed Child. <laughs> I, was I have to admit, I was like, you know, when I w- I want to see Kylo Ren, <laughs> honey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 32 <laughs> minutes and 12 yeah, seconds. <laughs> the first the Joel reference clues, this podcast. <laughs> I, 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 I got to admit, I was like, part of one of my favorite things about Japan is just walking around and looking at things. There's a certain thing about like the architecture and the streets and everything. You can find like these little like stores or shops or restaurants or things that are just like hidden away and it feels special to you because no one else is going there. But you went there and it's like these people are still in business. This is a, like a really cool thing. And uh, Michelle actually lived in Japan for much of her life and it's very nostalgic for her. And I didn't live there but it feels nostalgic to me and that's like a really cool feeling. One of the things I like so much about this movie is the backgrounds. The backgrounds look so good. And you don't get that in American animation. So uh, I guess I'm a weeb. Uh, Next one I watched was Crossroads, not the Britney Spears one. Um, Why even bother? This is the one that I assigned to you, Parker. uh, I remember. uh, Directed by Walter Hill. I really like it. I uh, I really really like this movie, and I have to admit that most of the reason I like this movie is for the guitar battle with Steve Vai at the end. But uh, I have to admit, <laughs> we were watching it and we were laughing so hard the entire time. I actually I went over to Michelle's house right, and I invited the other Alex because I went to her beer store, and the entire night we were just saying, "What you drinking an IPA? That ain't a blues man's drink." <laughs> <laughs> they say blues man more than they say the word the in that movie to this child <laughs> from Long Island <laughs> so yeah the karate kid goes and learns blues from the black man I'm like alright Chris let's see why you saw this to me it's you know it's important yeah it's important to support black audience black artists so <laughs> Steve Vai and Ralph Macchio I think are the only white people in that movie <laughs> Oh, no, there's someone else. I don't know who. Uh, anyway, then I was we were, we were sitting there, oh, Chris, what other movies do you have to watch? And I was like, well, uh, I haven't seen this one yet, but Parker said it's probably a future episode. Uh, let's put on Tammy and the T-Rex. I stand by what I said. They, they get bit. Now, 
Alex, turning my chair to look you straight in the eye. A couple weeks ago, I mentioned a John Cassavetes movie, uh, Faces, that was in that was mostly improvised, and uh, you're like, oh, that sounds awful. Tammy of the T Rex, I would bet dollars to donuts, was ninety percent improvised. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> that movie exists because they're like. Hey, we've got this T-Rex for like two more weeks. You want to do something with it? And a guy saw so it and was movie. like, oh yeah, I'll just make a movie around it. And he was literally asking the cast and crew like, you guys got any ideas? <laughs> because his idea was, okay, Denise Richards has a girlfriend. Thumbs up. Paul Walker's a boyfriend. Double thumbs up. And uh, we'll put Paul Walker's brain inside an animatronic T-Rex. By this point, you've run out of thumbs. Uh, it also exactly. It also has Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> sure does. <Yeah. laughs> Thought I'd save something for y'all to God discover on your own. <laughs> you, you should have heard how loud Alex shrieked that when she watched it. <laughs> now it is important to to mention that we talk about a lot of movies. I, I think uh, every once in a while we'll mention a movie on here like the number twenty three or the accountant or or swordfish or. Uh, paycheck and I'll say it towards the end of the episode Alex what did you think of paycheck and there'll be like a one second pause this movie fucking sucks dude yeah. <laughs> here's the thing we throw around this movie sucks yeah but when you see Tammy and the T-Rex you're like oh this movie really sucks like this is a new level of suckage that you weren't ready for it is so extraordinarily poorly made like you watch it just like oh this should have been an MST movie. It just looks awful. It's not just like, oh, bad effects with like the, the animatronic T-Rex. Like I expect that, but like the camera work, Parker, I, I'm sorry. I have to go back to like King of the Hill. I'm going to duct tape your zoom. <laughs> it's, it's one of those movies. You're like, oh, man, just like anyone can pick up a camera. We can do this. You they, guys. They were using some of the same effects from that 1925, like stop motion lost world. The Ray Harryhausen, so like, rear projection good. shit. <laughs> Knowing that, like, they probably paid Paul Walker, like, here's, like, $30. And then the entire budget just went to a giant animatronic head to eat people. They ended up despising this movie. They were actually mad at me for putting it on. Because... They are incorrect. No, well, that's the thing. is like, other movies I had on there is, like, oh, we had Chicago or Battle Royale. It's like, I I kind of want to see Tammy and the T-Rex. Uh, they're just like, oh, okay, fine. I mean, yeah, if your other option was Chicago, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> and Alex is from Chicago, too. So, Oh, man. But uh, Alex, I guess we have to leave it up to you. Parker and I had a really good time with it. I got to see if you would enjoy the movie where they put Paul Walker's brain into an animatronic T-Rex. <laughs> Gee, man, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if that's my speed or not. Like, it sucks I can so feel anyway bad, about this. But I will never forget it as long as I live. It, it, there are episodes, I look through our episode list, I'm like, when did I watch that? Yeah. And I apparently talked about it for 45 minutes. I will never forget Tammy and the T-Rex. Oh, correct. And also, that editing scene, Parker. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> that ending scene. What a picture. Yes. Uh, chef's kiss, Italian, where I'm like sucking the, the ragu off my fingertips. So uh. they were really mad at me, and the evening was going to end poorly if I didn't put on something better in a hurry. So I panicked, and we purchased, uh, or rented, the faculty for $4 online. <laughs> <laughs> so Is there a better cleanup movie than that? 
get somebody to out of a bad mood, just put on the faculty, man. Fuck, man. Every time we talk about the faculty, I want to watch the faculty. Exactly. It, this is... You know what? Fuck it. We're not going to make it to October. What are you guys doing next <laughs> week? You watch the faculty? <laughs> I, I am 100% down for rewatching the faculty. Because it's either that or watching Hackers. It's either or, buddy. Oh, double it's, feature sounds uh, like it's in our future. Because <laughs> when I watch the faculty, I, I come to the stunning realization that this might be the most 90s movie of all time. And there's a lot of competition we have for it, but the faculty might actually win the biscuit on this one. And there's a lot of things I'd love to... Co- Maybe I should save this all for the next episode, but the, the one thing that I cannot help but say is when I see Elijah Wood at the beginning of the movie get picked up by those bullies <laughs> with his legs akimbo, and he says, no, not the pole. <laughs> it just gets, it just gets like, nuts first into the pole. Man, it... I, it really sucks that kids these days don't get bullied like that. <laughs> Honest to God. <laughs> like, I, it's not even that I want them to go through all of the emotional trauma that our entire generation did. I just, like, miss seeing that shit in movies. Right? Like, bring it back. Bullies, like, step your game up, please. Alex and Michelle shared a knowing look when Josh Hartnett and his hair came out. <laughs> I mean, they're not yeah, wrong. Exactly. Just looking at it, just like, oh, yeah. Chris, why don't you ever do that? I'm sorry. My hair's not very cooperative right now. Uh, so, yeah. See how powerful a movie has to be where Usher's like the eighth build actor? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I, I like how uh, Michelle was figuring it. She figured out the entire plot of the movie within eight minutes. <laughs> it's not hard. Uh, she also was like, oh, what's he going to do with that pencil? And Alex actually had to punch me in the ribs to get me from revealing what he does with that pencil. <laughs> Okay, I forgot John Stewart's in, man. Okay, so oh, yeah. we're watching the fact that's one of my favorite things. It's like <laughs> watch it so Michelle right asked now. two questions. The first one I don't remember, but the second one is the most important question to ask about the faculty because the first question she asked was just like, "Wait, but if it can't survive in the water, then how come they're able to do whatever?" I'm like, and Alex and I were like, "That's not the right question to be asking." The right question. Yeah, this isn't science, right, dude. The right question that she was asking was, "Wait, John Stewart is their science teacher?" <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot about Robert Patrick just standing there as their football coach. Like, yeah, man, I totally see I, I do like how the the question that is unspoken that is the immediate follow-up is, wait, Jon Stewart is that short? He's a little baby. <laughs> He's like 5'3". <five>, <laughs> He's shorter than fucking Elijah Wood. So, like, they were definitely, like, about to wrap production, and then GoldenEye came out, and they're like, fuck, somebody get Famke Jansen over here for, like, three scenes, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. All we have is a scene where he just, like, threatens her with condoms or something. <laughs> God, I'm so excited. Oh, speaking of that condom and Tammy the T-Rex. Uh, anyway, Alex. <laughs> movies are so good, you Alex, guys. tell me about how good movies are. All right, look. We can either skip this to save time, or we can talk about how underrated the first Fast and the Furious movie is for 20 minutes. It's up to you guys. Okay. I'm ready to have that conversation whenever. (laughs) I have no plans tomorrow. You know what? Let's have that conversation, because I'm inclined to Because I didn't watch... I was sick all week, and then when I finally adjusted to working overnights, overnights were over. So I watched Dick. Let's fucking do this. Yeah, you know... (laughs) Fast and the Furious is actually a really good movie, and, like an actually good movie you know good and good on this podcast but like i think it's kind of like demolition man where it's one of those uh movies that has aged better than most other movies 
it has aged so incredibly well, it's unreal. I was just talking to somebody earlier about how the only thing about this movie that's dated in any way, other than all of the music and the fashion, is the fact that Johnny Tran sells stolen DVD players. <laughs> and also, Race Wars. Oh, <laughs> that was also what I brought up. What what a good name, though. I, I believe really as we is. literally as we went down the list, it was DVD players, then race wars, then trying to do a drive by on a dirt bike. <laughs> it's so fucking cool, man. I'm due for a rewatch. But like that's the thing. It's, it's like we like, brought up on Discord. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, we brought up on Discord uh, Vin Diesel's top ten movies, and I don't know if you guys saw my list. I kind of just eyeballed his filmography and says like yeah it's probably it the first fast and the furious movie has to be one of his best performances and he has a lot of really good performances in his lifetime but that one is so good not just because the character is likable and interesting but he really lends something to that character i think it owns that throughout that franchise you can watch paul walker learn how to act in real time that's not even like a shitty joke like he's so stilted in one and two and then by the end he's so fucking good at that character but, like, the fact that he's so stilted is, like, what makes him such a good straight man, which makes the whole series work. Exactly. Like, it's, You're supposed to sort yeah. of, like, see the movie through his eyes, you know? God, I'm just thinking about the first time I saw Fast Five again. Man, I fucking love these movies so much, <laughs> except for eight. It's, I mean, also, also four, four, but... Yeah. Also Hobbs and Shaw. Still <laughs> haven't seen it, baby. Keep that one going. <laughs> Football is right around the corner, buddy. Oh, no, hey, he has to watch well, Luckily, Tiger. there's... No bad news for my team. So let me just look at the injury report here. Oh. Zeke just tweeting HIPAA really got me. <laughs> Fucking Owens. HIPAA calling. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, first Fast and Furious movie is really good. It's like, yes, it is absolutely just a ripoff of Point Break. But also, they ripped off Point Break and cast Vin Diesel as the Patrick Swayze character. And it works. It does. Like, what the fuck? How did that happen? I have to admit, though, the, you're gonna steal. I remember the first time I steal saw it, it was on TV. My dad had it on. And I just kind of walked in and was like, oh, what's this? And he didn't answer because he never does. And uh, I was just like, okay, I'll, I'll just watch it. And usually my dad watches, like, some shitty TNT movie or something like that. And the more I watch, I was like, it's really good. What the, what the hell is this? And he told me it was a Fast and the Furious. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I really like that. And now I don't feel ashamed about it. I I this is an actual good movie. It's it's okay to like this movie. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. This ser- this franchise has two actual good movies and two actual good Right, movies. right, yeah. <laughs> and they have to be in the top four in some order as long as Tokyo Drift is first. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Mount Rushmore. Tokyo Drift is Washington. Man, fuck. What are we doing Tokyo Drift? Have we not done that? Oh, right, yeah. We haven't done any of these movies. Tokyo. I'm sure write all these down again. We might have our June and July all sorted out here. You know what, Alex? You're right. Tokyo Drift is absolutely an episode. I, I fucking love Tokyo Drift more than I love almost anything in this life. Like, the amount of times that I've just, like... Like, you ever just, like, sitting around on the couch with, like, a lady friend who you know, like, isn't what? gonna stay awake through the entire movie no matter what you put on? So you just keep putting on Tokyo Drift because at least you get to watch it. Because that's me, like all the fucking time. I... Is that why you make us call you DK? <laughs> DK, what's that stand for? 
this cog. That week our fucking fix. podcast <laughs> opening theme just has to be that song that plays when the okay. elevators open. <laughs> <laughs> You're also thinking of the fucking video art. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Please do not attach a link to that video. <laughs> Under no <laughs> Man, if they ever have, if the Alamo ever opens up again, if they ever have a movie party for Tokyo Drift, Alex and I are just going to buy out the theater for ourselves. <laughs> but, like, actually. Also, Josh can come. <laughs> actually, I, I bet that's one of those movies that works better with, like, a full crowd. I wonder what plane tickets look like right now. <laughs> Not that much, buddy, trust me. <laughs> All right. To make the stars align here for this yeah. to happen. Oh, boy. Yeah, la- last thing, last thing I'll say about the first Fast and the Furious movie, like I watched it and it was a nice day and I went outside and I had a drink and sat on my porch swing, and like just like sitting out in the nice weather, just thinking about the "I live my life a quarter mile at a time" speech. Like I was amped for like an hour and a half after. Right. That. Like it's. Everything about that movie is perfect, and you can't convince me otherwise. That ending too. That's a really good ending. It's so fucking good. <laughs> all right, Parker, go ahead. I think we got it all out. <laughs> I wish I was watching Tokyo Drift right now. <laughs> God, same. Is it still on Netflix? Might be. And I don't be. need to sleep tonight. All right. <laughs> Just reach over the old DVD shelf over here. <laughs> oh, speaking of DVDs, before Parker, you go. So I go over to Michelle's okay. house, and she's got a couple DVDs over there. She had a Panzer Dragoon on Xbox for some reason, and she has like she likes Studio Giblets, so she's got all those DVDs there. And apparently, she had Goldmember on DVD, and none of the other ones. <laughs> Who didn't? Why do you have? I will never forget when they open a fucking like movie resale shop around here. Like when they first opened, but it's all on racks. And then in the A's, there's a box on the floor just. Filled with copies of Goldmember that people traded in. <laughs> I love so movies. did you watch anything, Parker? Let's see. I'll be very quick because I don't have much to say about a lot of these. Alex, sometimes you have to look deep within to find the animal <laughs> among us. <laughs> Thank you. This truly is a movie made for you and I and no one else on the planet. <laughs> Why does this Sasquatch movie have 17 twists at the end? <laughs> it's so cool. It's almost inspiring to watch a movie like that and be like, we could literally, like, with $1,000, just hire Don Fry and make a Sasquatch movie, because clearly he'll say yes. We know Lance Henriksen would say yes. We can make something happen here. It's yeah, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. I put it on after we stopped recording. Like ten minutes in, I was fucking unconscious, so I had to go back on a different day and sit down and watch it. <laughs> Might not have been the best call on my part, but you know it is what you're it is. welcome. Though, let's see. Oh, Chris, I know that for a fact you do enjoy critters. <laughs> Here's the thing about critters too. I'm only bringing up this for one reason. So you know how ensemble movies like like this and Tremors, they always have like a small little, like a little town that all get invaded, and they always have this one little nerdlinger dude that gets made fun of the whole movie? Mm-hmm. The guy in this movie is the guy who voices Mandark on Dexter's Lab, and he sounds <laughs> oh, exactly <laughs> like that. He fuck talks me. in that voice oh the whole time. Oh, that's beautiful. So just throwing fuck. that out there. All right. And also, God. he looks Damn exactly it. like he sounds. So enjoy <laughs> Ah, 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 ah. 
Kill those crates. It's it's a lot to take in. <laughs> it's difficult. Oh, that's a work of art, man. Now, we here on Real Deals No Sex Appeal do not under any circumstances encourage drug use of any sort. But, like, you know, if someone tricks you or, like, you're not looking and you take a bite of your food and you accidentally ingest a ton of shrooms, you should absolutely watch Fantasia. Really? But also, shout out to my jerk of the week, one Walt Disney, for just having the middle segment just be a fucking dinosaur holocaust. <laughs> Thanks, man. That was such a the way to kill my vibe. It's just like, oh, we're telling a story about evolution. Oh, geez. Damn, that one got fucked up. Oh, no, they're stuck in the mud. Oh, my God, there's so many dinosaur skeletons. So, yeah, thanks, man. Thank you for just vibing. Can I, can I give so my hot hard. take on Fantasia? Absolutely. 2000's better. I remember seeing it in theaters. I remember nothing about it. But luckily, there's friends with many more things that they might spike my food like with like my thing about it is that like it's definitely a case of, of highs and lows fantasia 2000 has way lower lows but its highs are so much better you got the rhapsody and blue segment which is better than pretty much anything in uh fantasia with the possible exception of the very ending with night on bald mountain but the ending of fantasia 2000 is the best animated sequence i've seen in any movie so that is the firebird fi- sequence that is like you have to see it to believe it and it's so much better on a big screen too i remember when i first saw that i think i wrote about this for uh the website uh i i was like mad when i walked out of the theater that i never thought of something like that and i realized i could probably never do something like that i was like so jealous of the people who did that i will say i believe you because i don't remember 2000 but there are like three or four civics in this one even while fucked up i was like we can go to the next song now. I got it. Yeah. Uh, why is this two hours? I don't fucking there's, understand. There's at least one segment in the in the first one that's like 26 minutes long. It's like, that's way too long for this. Sure felt like yeah. it. Even that intro was like, luckily I was peaking at that point. So it's very <laughs> tolerant of just different colored lights. That's the whole thing. There's nary a piece of animation it's, in it's it. It's like, I, I get the idea and I'm very impressed by Walt Disney and all his animators and everything, but it's like... We can get to the next song. I, I definitely yeah. prefer the interstitials in the uh, in the first Fantasia to the interstitials in Fantasia 2000, which are the absolute nadir of perhaps everything Walt D- Disney's ever done besides Song of the South. I do not need Bette Midler to introduce song segments. Uh, I don't need oh. Penn and Teller to introduce song segments here. It's Maybe I'll be busy th- that's, tomorrow. That's what I'm saying. It's like... For goodness sakes, guys, it's Igor Stravinsky. Can we, like, class it up? (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, but I did look at it. I was like, I'm going to put this on tomorrow. I saw an hour, 16 minutes into a little fist pump. Like, here we go. (laughs) Fucking talking. Because two hours is absurd. Yeah, (laughs) that's the thing. It's fantastic. long. It is. But you can tell I was in a good headspace because the one thing I wrote down about it was... This is the first AMV, LMAO. <laughs> so I was doing well. I really, really like Fantasia 2000, so I'll defend that against all detractors. Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah. And, uh, like, the one night I actually, like, had off, had off and didn't... Instead of watching something new, we had a bunch of people over, and we just got absolutely shit-faced and watched VFW and then Ghost Adventures until 5 a.m., which yes. is... That is an evening. <laughs> 
Like, I don't have anything new to say. VFW still the best. Chris, you should really I'm get trying, on that instead I'm of trying. watching five-hour movies about, like, whatever the fuck. Yeah, but does it have any still pictures of the city of Berlin from the 30s, Parker? Unfortunately, like... Fred Williamson does not step on any graves, oh, but well. also you should watch it anyways. So, yeah, finishing that, I'd be like, what should we watch? And then we'd start talking about people who do, like, ghost hunting on YouTube. Went down that rabbit hole and then just turn on Ghost Adventures. At that point, it was about four in the morning. It was a good night. That's... Turns out there's like six seasons of that on Hulu, so I am in a good headspace right now. Really vibing. And uh, I think that'll do it, because we're already going long, and I have nothing to say about most of these. Okay, let's talk about Swordfish. <laughs> okay, when we talked earlier in this podcast about uh, the intro to this movie, you people can't comprehend how much of a hook when people talk about a hook the idea of a hook is you lead off a book or a show or a movie or a video game or, or a song or something something that really gets right in your lip and hooks in there and drags you in and you can't get away this is the hookiest hook that has ever hooked cold open John Travolta's face as big as a house right in the screen looking dead into your soul telling you 90% of what Hollywood makes is shit. Because they don't really go full out with the realism. Now, take Dog Day Afternoon, for example. And his next words really, like, uh, stunned me for a second. It's like, now, Christopher Field, you're looking right at me as I speak to you when I say this. <laughs> <laughs> you should assassinate Richard Nixon. <laughs> go on, do it. <laughs> That's exactly... Comedy. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it feels like when he's doing all this. He's telling you. So he's de- he first of all he describes the entire plot of Dog Day Afternoon. Thank you. Weird that you're not describing what his face looks like as this is bombarding you. I you know what? I wanted to leave it to you guys because oh but part God. of it is that like for most of it it's just his face is just staring dead at you and then the camera moves around so not only do you see the thinnest soul patch of your life but also you see his hair. <laughs> It looks like he was getting a cool guy haircut, and then the quarantine happened mid-haircut. They're like, you gotta go, man. You gotta get the fuck out of here. It is... It's like it's supposed to be long hair, but it stops halfway down his skull. It's so fucking funny looking. It looks like if he took a shower, didn't dry his hair, it would still look like that. It's so fucking good. The fucking... The combination of that haircut with that soul patch just... Dear Lord. Like, and then hearing John Travolta's voice come out of it, it's it's sensory overload, honest thing. to God. Okay, so I looked up the exact script. I want to just read these words to you. It goes, Hi, my name is John Travolta. Yum, yum, yum in three, two, one. Welcome to Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is John Travolta. With me, as always, is Hugh Jackman and Halle Berry. And it, it, was, a, it was a very magical moment for me. I can't. I'm trying to describe his hair better, but there is no I way. I truly don't understand what that is. So anyway, as it turns out, he's not talking to us. He is talking to, uh, I guess, federal agents who uh, who have him in custody. And, but he has a bomb in his hand, and if he presses a button, it blows up everything. 
<laughs> a bomb that is never referenced again throughout the rest of right. the movie. Yeah, by the I think way. he just kind of leaves it under a counter or something. And anyway, he, <laughs> yeah, here you go, guys. He just kind of walks out, and everyone's pointing guns at him, and he has a bunch of hostages. They got bomb vests on him, and Hugh Jackman is there, looking like that guy from uh, from Doctor Who, uh, which is like th- that's what a skinny Hugh Jackman looks like. Jesus, I'm not proud about it. <laughs> You're not yeah, wrong. I'm, yeah, like, I'm not proud, but that's the only reference I can make here. Um, Anyway, so he's kind of looking, he's just kind of looking surprised during the, uh, this entire scene. Just to be like, oh, wow, I didn't know he'd get into some shady shit. Uh, I, like, I can't stress enough that, like, he looks so skinny that, like, you actually, it takes you a while to realize it's actually Hugh Jackman. Like, once you hear his bad American accent, you know, different story. But, like, you're just looking at him, it's like... Is that just some guy that looks like Hugh Jackman, or like what's that's going the thing on? That what kind the of fuck is that Wolverine? Me. Like that just came out. That made a lot of money. Surely that's not. What are those earrings? <laughs> that's the thing. Is like I, I don't know if you guys know like his workout routine to be a Wolverine, but he was literally eating so much protein that his jaw was hurting. That's what. That's like the kind of uh, nutrition that you have to get in order to get that kind of physique and that's why he doesn't recommend that anyone try to get the wolverine physique and so you don't don't go for that type of body but he's got the type of body where he looks like he's in shape no matter what weight he is it's not fair it's not fair it truly isn't Okay, I think I've narrowed it down to he has his Pulp Fiction hair, but it's all cut in a straight line under his ears. Yes. It just cuts off right there. There you go. That's very good. Okay, so uh, it turns out this is all a flashback or flash forward or something. So we cut to um, a huge act man, and he's playing golf from his trailer atop a construction site, and he's visited... With just the worst chest tattoo. Oh, yes. <laughs> And he's visited by Halle Berry in a short red dress, and she leads over and hikes up her dress, and she hits a golf ball 200 yards, and we showed this movie to other countries, and it was just like, yeah, what do you guys think? And we thought they wouldn't attack us. I'm gonna live forever. <laughs> it, yeah, it's just okay that we made this movie. What's what's the problem? Why do you guys, you guys seem to think it's really serious? Like, the first five minutes... Is John Travolta looking like that, giving a fucking Ferris Bueller monologue into the camera, and then just cutting to Halle Berry just bending over, trying to show you her entire butthole. (laughs) Alright, movie. Pretty cool. Pretty cool so far. I love a slick techno thriller. Okay, so, as it turns out, Hugh Jackman is a computer hacker. Try not to laugh. Did you ask your roommate about this movie? <laughs> Shit, I should have done that. Actually, he might be awake right now. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't answer his cell phone ever. <laughs> you open his door and it's just the, the credits music. You board. never know who's listening to that thing, I man. Never, I, I am recording outside right now. If he stepped outside and like threw an acorn <laughs> up here, that would be the sign. <laughs> Wait, threw it? Are you like in a treehouse? <laughs> oh, you haven't been to my house. That's right. I, I've got like a ton of trees. I basically live in the forest. So, uh, kind of a sweet deal, actually. Bob now says I know where you found here. our producer. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. He's out there. Sorry, you I was looking at the trees. talking about swordfish. Anyway, uh, so he's not only a hacker, he is the greatest hacker in the world. 
They can measure that sort of thing. Uh, but he was so good at hacking that the United States government says he's not allowed to touch computers anymore. Because whenever he touches computers... <laughs> how, many, how many movies have this as a fucking gimmick? Right. The guy that's not allowed to touch computers. Because whenever he touches like... computers, magic happens, man. <laughs> It's it's he's one of the cyber bugs from Double Team. <laughs> Damn it! So anyway, uh, he's not allowed to touch uh, those anymore. Anyway, also his wife divorced him and took their daughter, and then she married some porn guy. Fucking bitch wife. Yeah. <laughs> this movie's got some cool opinions about women. Don't worry about it. Yeah, here's the two women: Halle Berry, who's like second line of dialogues. Not here to suck your dick, Stanley. And then his stupid bitch of a fucking whore ex-wife. Well, yeah, look at her <laughs> drinking alcohol and keeping his daughter away from him. And that fucking she, porn king. She has like three lines, and one of them is like threatening to get someone to rape him in prison. Yeah. <laughs> 2001 Very was... Cool. Skip Woods had Man. some experiences, I think. We really were just fucking roadrunner. Like, surely no one will ever catch us. <laughs> so, anyway, John Travolta uh, is paying Hugh Jackman $100,000 just to meet him. If Hugh Jackman doesn't like the situation, he can just walk away. As Halle Berry tells him, you keep the money. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so anyway, meanwhile, there is a there's really no one word I can narrow it down here uh, besides foreign computer hacker that they apprehend <laughs> in, a, in an airport. Accurate. <laughs> this is the best way I could do it. Nondescriptly European. No, multiple like, descriptly. Like, first of all, it kind of sounds like a Russian accent, but he's speaking German and they describe him as Finnish. And one of the cops makes an Ikea joke. Which is Swedish. <laughs> so, uh, I. If you showed me this guy's first, like, 30 seconds and paused the movie and put a gun to my head <laughs> and asked me what his nationality was, I would go through, like, all of the Balkan countries and, like, half of Central <laughs> Europe before I would even touch Scandinavia, much less Finland. Oh, apparently he's. Finland, known for their hackers, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, whenever he touches a computer, <laughs> magic happens. So Don Cheadle is there, and uh, I have to... God, So this is. is one of my favorite parts of the movie. So uh, they do, like, the good cop, bad cop thing, and Don Cheadle plays uh, both cops, and uh, <laughs> he kind of grabs that guy's lawyer and throws him onto the table, and it's just like, yeah, get, get the fuck out of here, you little punky. He throws him out of the room, right? And, get the fuck out of here, Kakashka. Yeah. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and, <laughs> And he interrogates that guy, and he's just like, where is the disc, or something, I don't know, I wasn't paying attention. And he leaves after he's got the information that he wants, right? And that, I'll call him Russian, Russian uh, attorney is just like, well, there you go, you have violated his human rights, and Don Cheadle just opens a door in the guy's face and leaves. And it's like, it might actually be my favorite scene of the movie. <laughs> Don Cheadle walks in, grabs his lawyer, throws him out, and yells, eat a dick and slams it in his face <laughs> and at this point it's like we're like 15 minutes in we've already had like 18 embarrassing things the nerve to cold open with this monologue about how Hollywood movies are so shit now <laughs> how fucking dare you I, I, I just want to talk about that door opening scene because it's like oh, you've been doing this you've been doing it you can't, you can't do that to my client and he looks him dead in the eyes as he opens a door in his face <laughs> I like I cannot stress enough how much at 
this scene has the exact same energy of that fucking meme from SimCity 2000. <laughs> you will regret this. You can't cut down the trees. You will regret this. <laughs> oh, that's a good. That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, so John Travolta uh, does in fact get to meet Hugh Jackman because Hugh Jackman would like to see his daughter again, and the money that John Travolta will provide will allow him to meet his daughter. Halle Berry is facilitating all this by. Uh, I don't know. She's just there. Uh, so John Travolta takes him to a club. <laughs> we get a club scene. Thank goodness. Um, by the way, the lead into this scene is Halle Berry goes. He exists in a world beyond your world. And then the transition cut to him getting out of that car oh, the, is so fucking funny. With that coat flowing behind him. It, it's like with the Boondock Saints, you know? <laughs> he exists in a world beyond. He's literally just, he's just white trash Morpheus. It's he so really cool. Is. It's like you, you make a movie like this and you wonder why Columbine happened. Well... <laughs> Are you saying he was the originator of the trench coat mafia? No, this movie came like, out. I want to be that. just <laughs> like Gabriel. But see, it's okay. Thanks to John Travolta, we got the Columbine guys back ten times over. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. Don't worry. Oh, we will. Oh Jesus. So anyway, I, the look on my face. I know but I can also out. say that for most of this movie. <laughs> anyway. Uh, John Travolta leads Huge Actman and Halle Berry and their posse into this uh, this den of thieves, and uh, they're there. And he's like, "I want you to." He opens up a laptop and shoves it in front of Huge Actman's face. He's like, "Hack it, hack boy!" And it's like the login screen to the Department of Defense. And, like <laughs> that doesn't even mean anything. It's a username and password. And, I, I hope they actually use that login screen, by the way. It's in so many movies. You feel like they might just... I'm pretty you know, sure that was in every just... episode of 24. So, yeah. Correct. Um, anyway, uh, he's uh, he's like, I, I can't just do that. That's not quite how hacking works. And so they put a, they put a gun to his head and a girl at his lap. And uh, now, so I'll, I'll say what happens. And then, Parker, I'll let you give your honest take on it so he is forced to hack the department of defense login page most people uh the great hackers the great ones can do it in 60 minutes he needs to do it in 60 seconds while a girl sucks his dick uh now parker i would like you to give me your thoughts on this all right if you want to play with our clan here's the thing she's gonna give you wicked top you've got to get to the top of the br tower shoot the fusion course dislodge the sniper and then cover the lift you think you can fucking handle that in 30 seconds hot shot no you don't get to be in the clan if you bust this is a bust free zone buddy pack it in focus on the game you better not even you better not even get hard honestly you should be so focused that the only thing that makes you pop your load is securing that oddball and getting with me. It's, it's, Stephanie, Stephanie, don't you hold back now, all right? I want winners on this <laughs> Really team. give them the business. <laughs> I want to see if this guy can play under pressure. Stephanie, I want you to attack those balls. <laughs> pop quiz, hot shot, what time does the Rockets respawn? See, you're too busy focusing on all that top you're getting. You don't know what's going on in the game. You just lost, just lost the overshield. Great. That's an L. Unplug, boys. Unplug your router. We're done. No, I, I told you to pick up the golden skull, not to get cranium. That's not what I meant. No, no. 
Well, if you're not going to take this seriously, the Singeli army will go on their own. No, no, no. Now you don't get to finish the fight. No, no. Stephanie? No, no, we have to leave. Yeah, go play Time Splitters then. <laughs> Fuck you. So he hacks into the website. And, sure does. <laughs> and uh, I gotta admit, uh, about this time, it's kind of nice to realize that Hugh Jackman has always been good. <laughs> I mean, yes, even in Phantom. You know, unlike unlike Don Cheadle, because oh. one of my notes in this is just why does Don Cheadle suck in every movie I watch? <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's the thing is, I like John Don Cheadle in a lot of movies. Same. I like, I like Hotel yeah, Rwanda. Like, that's a good one. I have positive feelings about Don Cheadle, but, like, he's doing the same thing in every movie, and it's not he's, great. Yeah, he, it's kind of a Malkovich sort of thing, where he keeps showing up in bad movies and not trying. You know? Like, there's something to be said it's, about the it's, acting it's, it's in this rough. movie. Like, Travolta's Travolta, and Hugh Jackman is still impressive. I, I kind of like seeing, like, a young, skinny Hugh Jackman, but, like, seeing Don Cheadle just kind of sleepwalk his way through this movie... And then Halle Berry? Ugh. As it turns out, Halle Berry sucks. Well, yeah. Just uh, hold those takes for the Die Another Day episode. Okay. So excited to get there. So uh, we cut back to Don Cheadle, and uh, he is talking with um, his government IT guys, his own cyber monks, and one of the guys there is wearing a bucket hat. I'm going to call this character Shorty. And, uh, actually, yeah. no, wait, I'm actually going to call this guy MV Neo because he starts talking about porn with way too much knowledge about it. <laughs> He's so, like, I love that they just, like, throw in the lines, like, yeah, you know, his new wife, sometimes she's in the videos with him. Like, they're just, like, <laughs> he just actually says the word is like, actually, those have surprisingly great, uh, production values. He's fucking waving a VHS tape around in the scene. It's so His cool. His fucking bitch wife is trying to keep her fucking kid from him. She's out fucking dudes and making pornos instead of letting this all-American hacker raise his beautiful daughter who loves him. And soccer practice. Don't worry, she gets what's fucking coming to her. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, you're right. You know, he actually does say it in like that tone of voice. He's, you know his wife is in some of those movies. <laughs> it's so fucking cool how this movie writes all of its women. By all, I mean both. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this this movie kind of has the perfect distillation of hacking. It's not hard work or practice or intense memorization or constantly updating yourself on contemporaneous methods or specialization across different languages. It's just typing buttons on a keyboard. <laughs> and when he talks about you know seeing the code in his brain all i could think about was how much rick and morty he must have watched in prison turn himself to a fucking pickle mr jackman please your accent it's too good <laughs> so uh he goes to his compound i guess he just wakes up and he sees halle berry who dumps him out and uh Ordinarily, I'd be like, come on, for a movie like this, but uh, no, no, I'm not complaining at all about the scene in any way. Look, I don't know how many people remember this movie coming out, but I'm not exaggerating when I say, like, a solid 60-70% of the advertising for this movie was, you know, she pulls her titties out, right? <laughs> like, she Correct. was, like, on award shows presenting awards, like, 
Hey, you know, she pulls her titties out. <laughs> I remember watching the MTV Movie Awards and being like, why is she up there on stage with John Travolta talking about showing her tits in this stupid movie? Yeah, just getting, but she did. I just love the idea of John Travolta saying, yeah, you know, it was really brave for her to uh, just take her top off. Just, it's just staring at the camera after he says it. <laughs> you know, Hollywood doesn't make titties like Mr. Joel's voice. <laughs> you have to stop. <laughs> So, uh, what happens in between this and the climactic hostage situation? Is there a scene that I'm forgetting about? <laughs> My notes kind of have a hole here. Because the movie takes some turns. Yeah. There's a lot of hacking montages just set to fucking dance music. <laughs> there is a lot of hacking montages set to dance music. Man, you remember when that music was cool for like six months? I... I really missed that. Parker, time. that was a cool six. Parker, months. can you lay down a beat for us again? There's like a solid five minutes of the movie. He's just going, bah, 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 as he's just going, come on, just fucking do this, man. Just typing really hard. Bah, bah, like, bah, 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 did did you also know somebody when you were like 12 that was really into the Prodigy, despite the fact that it wasn't cool of anymore? Of course, I did. Parker back then. <laughs> you guys knew the song Sandstorm? It's pretty sick. <laughs> We're 11th grade. What are you doing? Then <laughs> <laughs> home and jail and play Halo. As <laughs> one does. Gotta keep yourself strong. So you don't among get, us. So you don't get dropped from the clan. No distractions. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I tell you to stop. Get back down there. Okay. Shotty some top. <laughs> so I guess. You're not even hard, I know. <laughs> That's my power. <laughs> Could you have at least showered before this? No. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. Do you think... When do you think Master Chief has time to shower? He was just awoken from cryosleep. It's like, imagine just looking down at her, at her head bobbing up and down and being like, are, are you inverted or what's going on? <laughs> yes. <Jesus>. Okay, so... <laughs> so it gets to the climactic hostage situation from the opening... And it turns out that the bad guys have Hugh Jackman's daughter there the whole time. <laughs> we uh, we need to back yeah, up know, for one I second, because I, I need to talk about the funniest scene in this movie. Which is the minute and a half of Hugh Jackman rolling down that hill. <laughs> it's like fucking Hot Rod. <laughs> it's literally like the fucking baby at the beginning of Kong Paladin. <laughs> it goes so long. Oh my god, that's another movie I didn't think that we would reference on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Only because it was too obvious. Oh, so cute. Bye-bye. <laughs> Just, I don't understand why it's in the movie. Like, it was like, shit, we need to pad runtime. Hugh, Hugh, come here. We need you to roll down this hill. You ever see Trash Can no, Day on No, no, hey no. <laughs> it's like that without the trash can. <laughs> I just... I, I don't understand who was like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna be, we're gonna be the movie with the hill scene. <laughs> Just fuck yourself. We need to spice up the action, you know, it's a lot of hacking, but not a lot of ground level stuff. I got it. That's the thing is, like, early <laughs> in the movie, there's, like, some really obvious ADR, where they're just like, oh, man, you just... Someone fucked up with the bikes that day, so you just had someone go into a studio and record the line like this. And it's like, oh, that's really cheesy. And you see that in a lot of Hollywood movies. Imagine doing the ADR for the hill scene. You know, uh, I was in a very successful movie. I played Wolverine. I'm the central character. Make the noise. 
No one's ever going to see this. <laughs> All right, next movie for you is Van Helsing, buddy. <laughs> have not been able to stop thinking about the writer from this going on to work with Hugh Jackman again in X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> it's a lingering thought that's wormed its way into my brain of like... Wait, who's writing it? Oh, son of a <laughs> like, How did that meeting go? It's like, was it a... Are you fucking serious? Or, oh man, we did such great work together. This is really going to turn us around after the last stand. <laughs> Fantastic. Just walking down the hallway away from that me. Okay. What do you mean Will I Am's in this movie? <laughs> so I wrote down this uh, this note and I don't remember the context. Uh, one of the henchmen has Elton John sunglasses. Several of them have Elton John sunglasses, <laughs> to be clear. Now, I, I have to admit, I was paying attention to the entire movie. I swear to God I was. And I was actually having a really good time with it. But at one point, I blinked, and all of a sudden, there was a helicopter carrying a school bus. <laughs> oh, look, we gotta. there's a couple scenes we have to get to between now and then that are yeah, very you help important. Me out here. Chief among them, <laughs> the scene with that fucking senator oh, God. who nobody understands oh, is in the God. movie. Just fly fishing. Yeah. I'll say, I'll say the mission's sh- off, boy. <laughs> just shows up in a helicopter in the middle of the fucking woods and domes him in the roof. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple things. There's that, and then during the aforementioned blah, 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 was hacking scene, he's like, oh, man, I'm doing a lot of great hacking. Let me go get a drink. And there's just a corpse that looks like John Travolta <laughs> in the cooler. And it's never spoken of again until the between, end. Between those two scenes and everything that happens in that car chase, this movie has a powerful second it act. It really does, yeah. I, and the best part is, like, I turned this on. My Before I even got to John Travolta's face, it was a feeling of, like, Oh my god, I can't believe this isn't two hours. What a lovely surprise. And it goes by <laughs> so fucking quick. It. I looked down at one point, it's at 55 minutes. I was like, oh my, guess I'm finishing this now. I'm not turning back. <laughs> would, anyone, would anyone like to explain the bad guy's plan? No. Nope. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Sorry, man. I can't. Nose goes. Can't won't. I, Ask you me to do long stab? division, motherfucker. I can't do All that right. anymore either. All right, let, let, me, let me take a stab at this. Okay, so once upon a time, the DEA seized a bunch of money from bad guys. But the government was like, DEA, you guys have too much money. You have to stop doing that. So it sat in an account for 15 years. And the regular interest in that account turned it from $400 million into $9.5 billion. So the C, they're working with this senator because he wants the money for reasons. And they need Hugh Jackman to hack the government to steal the money that nobody's using so they can fight terrorists. <laughs> Their plan is to get nine billion dollars so they can go sicko mode on any terrorists. Their whole plan is like if someone attacks us, we'll just attack them back ten times as bad, and then no one will attack us. Oh, what happened is, two months after this came out? Weird. <laughs> it is see absolutely it. crucial to mention that the government just had this money the whole time. These are government mm-hmm. goons stealing government money. From the government to do the government's bidding. But Alex, how are we going to pay for it? Sorry, <laughs> we can't have universal health care because John Travolta stole nine billion dollars <laughs> to buy nukes. <laughs> the idea of this character being in possession of nukes is a sequel we deserve. To be quite honest, right? I love this movie, you guys. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> It's just the smoothest brain goddamn movie. Like, just go ahead and like, download the song that just repeats 50,000 watts of Funkin' over bum 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 and just play that as our opening in 
closing music. It's just going to be underneath the entire like dialogue for this episode. I have to admit, like, so at the beginning of the movie, I thought the cinematography. Yeah. <laughs> so like he was talking about Dog Day Afternoon in the intro, and he was just like, "But what if he really wanted to do it? You know, like really wanted to go through with it." And more or less, he's kind of intimating that he could get away with a Dog Day Afternoon sort of situation. Is this how he expected his plan to go? <laughs> well, you see, the thing that Al Pacino failed to consider in that movie was the use of magic. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to fucking God. That would explain the like, helicopter lifted that bus. Just unveiling this arsenal and then using sleight of hand and 47 conveniences to end this movie, which is all set <laughs> off by the catalyst. Of that poor woman just cornering the donor on like 45,000 cops at once. She explodes and then pans around for like eight city blocks to show the damage in slow motion. That woman has a tactical nuke strapped to her fucking chest. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. Like, yeah, she's covered in 20 pounds of C4 and also ball bearings <laughs> man big month for ball bearings on the podcast yeah you guys. exactly absolutely next week's episode my dog skip <laughs> oh whoa oh, god <laughs> jesus that's worse than my corner of the donor joke wonder <laughs> <laughs> which one gets cut first I, we'll find well, out uh, i don't know if I, any of this is making it into the podcast we're just gonna <laughs> cut it off after, the, after that silent movie i talked about <laughs> <laughs> that was a short episode. Just give the people what they really yeah. want. So that woman falls out of the bus carried by the helicopter and blows up the building. Uh, it was a very, <laughs> it was a very Slipknot esque sort of scene, and not the band. I mean the character from Suicide Squad. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I mean he lost me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wow. So uh, I've never, I've never seen a movie that needed a Limp Biscuit song more. Right, that's the thing is like when I was watching is like the one thing that separates this from most uh, other movies of this oeuvre that is usually up our alley is the soundtrack. It's like it's, it is still very much a an R kind of soundtrack, but there's no drowning pool. <laughs> like, because there's that moment you're like, all right, I see what this movie looks like. Let me hear the new metal, and you realize half hour in like. Oh no, I just got fucking swerved. Right. Because we're going like, full 2001, <laughs> but not the way I was expecting. Yeah. Right. Because, like, this movie, like, wants to be cool so badly, but yet this movie also thinks people still listen to the Chemical Brothers in 2001. <laughs> so, right. like. I watched uh, Trainspotting, on. The Matrix, and three Kevin Smith movies. I'm about to hammer out a script. <laughs> oh, okay. So, shall we talk about the ending? God. <laughs> I can't even describe this chase because I don't know what the fuck is happening. <laughs> like, the bus gets picked up by a helicopter. The helicopter lands on a roof. He takes off in a helicopter. Fucking well, the helicopter just grabs a rocket launcher. Chekhov's rocket launcher that Vinnie Jones just threatened to shove up some hostages' ass three minutes oh, before. Right, yeah. Just so we knew there was a rocket launcher there. <laughs> Oi, mate, you iron up my rocket launcher. Wow, that British guy had a lot of information, which seemed extraneous <laughs> at the time. Hopefully it comes up later. I, I, wa I want to talk about Halle Berry incognito at the end of the movie. <laughs> I want to talk about John Travolta incognito. Oh, yeah, that too. He looks like he does in The Fanatic. <laughs> 
I don't understand why he has Jeffrey Epstein's hair it's at the end so of this movie. I mean, where do you think that nine billion's going? <laughs> Fair. <laughs> when you write, you write helicopters he going just, to Little St. James, my dude. He just usual suspects his way out of the movie. <laughs> he really does. They might as well play the fucking ending saw music as he's piecing it all together. <laughs> oh yes, that corpse I found that I never thought of again. That's the charred thing in front of me. Also, I thought the charred body was a woman for like the first three yeah, times. It showed. I, I thought it even as they were showing it revealed. So it's like, wait a second, why are they showing? Oh, oh, that's dumb. Oh, I guess the movie's over. Yeah, same. That's wow. <laughs> All right. Then. Wow, that's inc- it. Comes at you so. That's fast. incredible, Parker. You really went inside the mind of a Chris Veal. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that all of this happens at like the seventy-minute mark of a ninety-minute movie, it plays it as a hacker movie. It's like, so check this shit out. Uh, we're gonna steal from government. We're gonna do terrorist attacks. We have all these hostages. Like, what? It's over, man. Like. People are like getting up, getting their kids up, shuffling out the theater. You can't just turn this into. Now the bus is flying. You see. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> this movie almost needs so, to be like an hour forty-five. So, so scale of <laughs> scale of one to ten, how much did this movie influence Fortnite? <laughs> oh, my <God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine Travolta doing one of those dances? <laughs> John Travolta dancing while Emperor Palpatine awakens. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. So, here's a real question. Somehow, he's alive and he's hacking again. He's just just flossing. (laughs) Somehow, John Travolta has returned. (laughs) <laughs> it's called Gotti. Chris, your next assignment is <laughs> Okay, so here's a real question. Imagine the sequels though. <laughs> it's, you know what? Let's get some comic book artists. Let's get some graphic novels going. I need four or five more stories. Exactly. Like this isn't gonna work. How did we just John Travolta hunting bin Laden in Swordfish <laughs> Two that comes out in two thousand three <laughs> is like the movie that I didn't know I needed until right He's now. He's like the fucking uh He's a Carmen San Diego of this universe. <laughs> he really is. Like the movie ends with him and Halle Berry being alive, and then just like a shot of a boat, it explodes. Like ah, oh, this boat that was housing a bunch of terrorists blew up. It's like the third time it's <laughs> happened, and then it just goes to bum 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 and you're the theater lights come up. You're like, what the fuck just happened? This movie just is with John Travolta basically doing the Prestige and then blowing up terrorists. It's so good. I love movies, you guys. Oh man, it's this is incredible. I, I I just know that Swordfish Eight would be his search for Bigfoot, and it would not be direct to video. <laughs> Absolutely not. And that's the tea, sis. Who are you? I'm fine, thanks. Who are you? I'm fine, too, but you can't come in unless you give the password. Now, what is the password? Oh, no, you gotta tell me. Hey, I tell what I do, I give you three guesses. It's the name of a fish. Is it Mary? (laughs) Ha, ha, that's an old fish. She isn't one. She drinks like one. Let me see. Is it Sturgeon? Hey, you're crazy. Sturgeon, he's a doctor who cuts you open when you're sick. Now, I give you one more chance. I got it. Haddock. 
That's funny. I got a headache, too. What do you take for a headache? Well, now, sometimes I take aspirin, or sometimes I take a calomel. Say, I'd walk a mile for a calomel. You mean chocolate calomel. I like that, too, but you know, guess it. Hey, what's the matter? You don't understand English? You can't come in here unless you say swordfish. Now, I'll give you one more guess. Swordfish? Swordfish. I think I got it. Is it swordfish? <laughs> That's it. You guess it. Pretty good, eh? Yeah, fine. You guess it. Or... What do you want? I want to come in. What's the password? Oh, you're no fool of me. <laughs> swordfish. No, I got tired of that. I changed it. What's the password now? See, I forgot it. I better come outside with you. 